0: It's me, Eve Sturgis, uh, we are here, finally, you and me, together for episode one of season two of Everything's Relative. Uh, Jesus Christ, guys, how are all of you? Remember when life was just hard and normal, and now we're in hard and global pandemic shelter in place? Uh, how are you? Where are you? Do you have toilet paper? Is everyone safe? It's been uh, hard here. Um, I'm sorry that I couldn't get the season out sooner, but dudes, (laughs) I have been doing the very best that I can, um, or was doing the best that I could for a while with a sudden lifestyle change, which I'm sure so many of you also experienced. Uh, And somewhere in there, Dallas, our four-year-old had a major high fever, which of course, um, triggered all sorts of of fears and anxieties. So anyway, it's all just been a lot. And um, more than anything, of course, I'm trying to stay grateful that my family has resources that, that so many others don't have. And we've been able to stay home and healthy and safe And I wish all the same um, for all of you, of course. And uh, I hope this podcast can be a welcome distraction for you if the current state of the world is stressing you out. So there's also a possibility that this is your first time listening to Everything's Relative. What a funny, odd time to drop in. Welcome. Welcome. I am Eve Sturgis, and my goal is to talk to people who have experienced DNA surprises and get their stories and try to get everyone to be relieved of the shame that creates these secrets and these situations in the first place. So here we are, episode one. Um, I interviewed Spencer way before we were all locked in our houses and fighting for sourdough bread supplies. Is that happening in your world? Is everyone making bread? Um... His story is, but uh, his story is is kind of long, but it's so worth it, and it's really important as a part of the lo- larger discussion of American history and our country's like America's secrets and our country's shame and and the way that we our history and the way we treat it. Um. So so yeah, let's just get to it. You'll you'll get what I mean. Um, that's enough talking for me. Uh, I'll join you again for a quick closing of the episode at the end, but until then, please enjoy Spencer and me talking about what it means to explore and research your DNA as an African-American male. Thanks, guys. See you soon. How are you? Do you want me to call you Spencer or Mr. Warren or (laughs) Mr. Damon Warren?
1: No, Spencer is perfectly fine. Perfectly, perfectly fine.
0: Awesome uh yeah so we've been like trying to get a hold of each other or i've been trying to trying to schedule an interview for a while um so no just, worries I'm so, I'm so glad this finally happened
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i've been um honestly um, a little nervous and pensive about it and thinking about it and how i wanted to approach it and so forth um of course i've listened to the first season and i absolutely enjoyed it and plus the MP group you know I've kind of been in and out of the group um mm-hmm for a while um but um reading everybody else's story which has given me insight so hopefully my story will add a different perspective because i know everybody thinks their story is different but it's just you know there are similarities that help each other right and there are differences that give people perspective that they never thought of before um i was born in uh north carolina and Mm -hmm. um a small place called Tarboro, North Carolina, where there is a, you know, pretty relatively, if anybody grew up in a small area, a lot of families history have been there and a lot of intertwining between families mm-hmm.
0: and so forth. Um, my, uh, I'm just going to interrupt you to tell you that my best friend moved to Tarboro like two years ago and lives there now. Really? Yeah.
1: I'm so sorry for your best friend. And um, I, <laughs> I call it the, I call it the mosquito capital of the world. Oh but my gosh. Honestly, I don't, I don't, I've never spent a lot of time in Tarboro, but mm-hmm. There's a larger city called Rocky Mount that's right near it, mm-hmm. um, um just just a bit west of it, and that's where I spent a lot of my summers growing up as a child okay.
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, but um just just to tell well, eventually I ended up moving to Richmond, Virginia with my mother, but just to tell the story, let's mm-hmm. start from the beginning.
3: Mm-hmm. yeah,
1: um one of my earliest memories is just me and my mother. My mother was a teenage uh had a teenage pregnancy, she was seventeen mm-hmm. when she had me. This is back in, of course, telling my age, 1972. Things were a little bit different. You know, whereas mm-hmm. now today, we're expected to go to college, or at least we want to go to college. Back then, that wasn't necessarily the highest thing that was reserved for maybe sure. people who had money and so forth. But um, my mother had me, single mother, um, 17 years old. She, uh, from what I can put together, knowing my little history, um, she left me with my grandmother. In Rocky Mount, North Carolina, and she went to Richmond, which is a large city to the north of that. And she lived with one of her older sisters. My on my mother's side, which I know very well, um, it was my mother, uh, my grandmother, and her husband. They were together for many years, and he passed in 1971, a year before I was born. And my mother had 13 siblings. Very very large family.
2: Oh my Uh, gosh! Yeah,
1: so she had older siblings there were adults when she was pretty much a child so that was the dynamic that my family went through so as my mother being one of the youngest actually my mother which this is important Mm
2: -hmm. she's
1: the 10th of 14 we'll come back to that later and if I forget to remind me write that down okay okay
0: writing it down Um, (laughs) yes
1: so nonetheless she uh left me with my grandmother moved to Richmond with one of her older sisters then she sent for me later and from the age of two on she and I lived in Richmond together. So it was just she and I, Mm -hmm. and then, um, and, and, and I didn't grow up with a father around. And of course, being a smart child, knowing that, you know, I had a father somewhere, eventually Mm -hmm. she met my stepfather who has been in my life since the age of three. Um, and he has been the father figure in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, good or bad. We won't get into all that stuff, just knowing that he's out there. So he was my father figure.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: around the age of eight, um, my mother introduced me to a gentleman by the name of Calvin. And she said, this is your father. And of course, there are a lot of things. I know I'm rushing through this. I don't want to. No, you're doing too great. Much, but but um, Calvin became, was my he's my father.
2: Okay. And
1: in that same breath, I met his wife and mm-hmm. his son, who was younger than me. Calvin well. Jr, which of course caused some issues for me because I'm thinking I'm the oldest why, right. why am I not junior? you but should
0: be the Calvin junior, right
1: Yes, yes, so that kind of threw me off a little bit, plus it was just a lot to take in for any yeah player, um to have yeah. to deal with it, and one thing I learned quickly, um is that Calvin liked the title, but he didn't mm-hmm. like the job, so he wasn't much of a ah, father figure okay. that to go a little deeper into it. When a child, in my case, or I would like to think in my case, not knowing who my father was growing up with just my mother, you kind of romanticize who your father is and good or bad with your stepfather. um, Some people have stories about step parents and so forth like that you always romanticized that your father would come and steal you away or rescue you or something like that. Uh-huh. And it was uh-huh. basically a big disappointment because Calvin was just right. not that person. He was a person who went to work every day and he paid his bills on time. It wasn't like he was a drunk or anything like that. He just was more into himself than anything else, but he was right. good with his son, Calvin Jr. Just with mm-hmm. me, it was very sporadic. So nonetheless, right. how, I do you know up...
0: How Do Go you ahead. know his, I'm sorry. Do you know how old he was when, um, when he was with your mom, when they got pregnant? Um.
1: So I, uh, not knowing exactly how old he is, I would assume he was about a year older, not much more, okay. more than a year or either right. the same age. I know they okay, were in so the school eight, together. 17
0: or 18, something like that. Okay.
1: Around that age, yes. So, but
0: when you met him, he was 25. Okay.
1: He, yeah, he was, he okay. was, he's already established in his marriage and had a kid mm-hmm. that was, a, mm-hmm. I think, a year and a half behind me. Of course, doing the math, you think, okay, if I was born and then Calvin Jr. was born within a year or two, mm-hmm. there was, break up or whatever. You you right, just kind of right. fill in the pieces. Mm-hmm,
2: okay. So
1: I spent a lot of time, I, I would spend some time with, uh, Calvin and his family. And I got really close to his wife, Eva. Ooh, okay. Great lady. Um, mm-hmm. Calvin junior and I had a time of it because me being an older child, I had a, I have a half brother through my mother and my stepfather at this point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, And I'm being the oldest between Calvin Jr. and myself, and Calvin Jr. already being an only child and having all of the attention. It was kind of a (laughs) weird dynamic for us as kids. Right. There's a lot to this, and there's so much more to it. Um, But things didn't work out very well between Calvin and I. Okay. Um, And going forward, uh, when I got to be about 18 years old of having Calvin in my life and him not putting forth the effort, which I had thought he would or should, Mm -hmm, put forth, I finally got to a point where I gave up on that relationship Mm -hmm. and decided to move on with life. And I went on and got married and had kids of my own. And Calvin was never a part of that. He was never a Mm -hmm. part of my children and so forth. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Now, I'm going to stop. We're going to put a pen in it for a second. Let's talk a little bit more about the dynamic because this comes back in the end. Yeah, Um, great when i met calvin um well before before i met calvin the reason why i would go to north carolina we were talking earlier about the fact Mm -hmm. that i spent my summers in north carolina is that one my family my mother's family came from that part of uh, north carolina Mm -hmm. and every summer i would go back and spend the summer with a cousin of mine by the name of darren and his Mm -hmm. mother and my mother are sisters and they were only separated by 11 months they were very close Mm -hmm. his mother being older and they went to school together um, Darren and I spent our summers together. We ran through creeks, we did everything, played with bugs, played in the dirt dirt bikes, mm-hmm. all that kind of thing. And we grew up really, really close. Um, one of the one of the more I don't even know the word for it, the sadder times of the mm-hmm. summer, which were great experiences, was that Darren's father, who wasn't with his mother, would mm-hmm. come to pick Darren up and take him away for the day. Ah,
0: uh-huh.
1: All right. And I would sit around going why doesn't my father do
0: that? Yeah, not you got my this, father was. this other father modeling. Exactly. Interesting. So
1: I'm, I'm feeling sad. He'd pick him up, take him for haircuts and all that stuff. And I remember mm-hmm. one particular time, not knowing who this man was um, and not having any affection toward men, because all I had was women in my life at the time, my mm-hmm. mother, my grandmother, my aunt. Um, I had some uncles, but they had their own lives. But my mother and her sisters were really the mother-like types
0: to me, Mm -hmm. or to my, Mm
1: -hmm. my, um, in my life at the time, one particular time, this man, um, whose name was Jimmy Earl, we call him Earl. That's our country way of mashing two words together. Earl would come and pick up Darren, my cousin. One time he picked both of us up and I was elated. I was over the moon (laughs) and I'm like, I'm hanging out with Darren's father. And he took me around different places. I don't remember much about it. I just remember one time going with him. Uh-huh. Well, this was the catalyst of why Calvin came into my life. The reason uh-huh. being is that I found out later on that Calvin and Jamel were brothers. Oh. Let's, okay. okay. So my mothers, <laughs> our, our mothers are sisters. It usually takes right. people's time to get Our mothers are sisters. Right. And now I'm looking at my bestest buddy, my closest cousin, which I have like thousands of cousins because I have uh-huh. fourteen aunts and uncles. Right. Oh my gosh. Uncles. Yeah.
0: The biggest family. Um,
1: yeah. My closest cousin, we're three weeks apart in age. We Mm -hmm. practically grew up together. Um, um, It was affectionately, he's darker skinned than I am. I'm an African American male, and I'm lighter skinned colored than he is. And Uh they would call us salt and pepper. That's how close we were together. We were always (laughs) together. We always did this together. That's cool. And so when we found out that our fathers were brothers, Uh that just made us even closer. Right. So. So every summer I would spend in Rocky Mount, North Carolina with my cousin, Darren, I would go see him every summer. I would always have to spend a week with Calvin and his family because they lived in uh-huh. the same city.
2: Okay. I hated
1: it because mm-hmm. I didn't want to be away from Darren, was like a uh-huh. brother to me. That's your
3: best but friend. But I loved yeah. it.
1: Yeah. But I loved it because now I have my father in my life and I'm happy about this and this is great and this is, right. and I'm trying to move forward but also sad because Calvin's not really paying the attention that I think he wants. He should pay to me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Again, me romanticizing who my father was. Also just side note, I'm a very feeling person. So you'll, I, I express myself a lot. Um, mm-hmm. So most people, and side note as an African-American male are in our sort of culture. And I'm sorry if it mm-hmm. sounds weird. No. It's very it's hard for men to express their emotions because they're like, you know, if you skin your knee, get up, stop crying, don't be a wimp, you know, those kind of things. Right.
0: right.
1: I feel like it's more so in the African-American community. Mm-hmm. So me mm-hmm. being this way tends to be a little bit more offsetting to people. I don't know. It's really weird. Got dynamic. it. It's really stupid. Mm-hmm. But you you understand that. Yeah. So anyway, I go through life. Darren and I are best buddies. We spend summers together. Our birthdays are three weeks apart. We're the same age. We go through the same things at the same time. We're dating girls at the same, you know, we're Mm -hmm. just connecting.
3: Yeah. And
1: we've got the same grandmothers and the same grandfathers and the same lineage. We've got everything the same and we're so proud of it.
3: That's
2: so Um, fun.
1: Yes, it is. It's like we're, you know, and most people are like, that's weird. you are double cousins. I don't get it. But that's what we were. And I was happy Mm -hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's better to be closer to than my my bestest buddy in the whole wide world. Mm-hmm. Now, whenever I would go to visit North Carolina, my cousin would say, "Hey, let's go to Grandma's house," and he meant. Now I'm confused. Which grandma is it? Our mother's mother or our father's mother? You know, and mm-hmm. he would say, "Oh, let's go visit our father's mother," and I would try to connect to this woman, and she didn't seem to have a very big connection to me. Also,
3: mm-hmm. it was
1: neither here nor there, you know. And and it kind of shattered my idea of what family was didn't mm-hmm. make sense to me why are they so offset to me why is calvin so pushed off or why is his mother so pushed off um right. so now going through life got to age 21 18 i just said i had enough of calvin this is not working out i'm moving forward in life um right i just felt like he treated Calvin Jr. and I differently, just a whole lot of dynamics were going on, and I needed to move forward in life because life was starting for me.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: by this time, his first wife, who I had connected with, Calvin's first wife, who I connected with, Eva, Eva. she, right. she had divorced him,
2: mm.
1: but I still kept a connection with her just because she was such a good influence in my life,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: she welcomed that connection to me, and she also helped build a connection between myself and Calvin Jr to keep that going because she felt like the brothers should have that connection, even though Mm -hmm. Calvin wasn't fostering that. Mm -hmm. So I go through life. Let's skip ahead a few. Um, Now I'm married late twenties, early thirties. I'm married. Now I'm having children. My wife, my beautiful wife, I married, uh, she's from Barcelona, Spain Mm -hmm. and learning more about her culture and wanting, now having a child, I want it our child to know his side of the family in Barcelona, Spain. So we ended up moving to Barcelona to live Mm -hmm. for a few years. And while we were there, we were tracing back our family history. And we were, he was meeting a lot of uh, his family and cousins. And I was very happy for that. And Mm -hmm. I started to think to myself, I need to do that on my side. Right. For my son. He needs to know Mm -hmm. our history on that Mm -hmm. side. And by this time... Okay, again.
0: I was going to say, you just wanted it to be like a whole, a whole experience, like a holistic experience on like both sides. Yeah.
1: Correct. Now we, by this time we had moved back to America um, mm-hmm. and we were setting up roots again. And this is where the whole ancestry had started to take off. And mm-hmm. I was very interested in genealogy and I started to do our family tree. So what I did was, is I went to my mother and I pulled her aside and I mm-hmm. said, Hey mom, listen, I'm going to do, I really want to do the family tree for your side of the family, not for Calvin's side of the family, because I don't know anybody on his side of the family.
2: Mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. didn't,
1: he didn't really put forth the effort to right. spend time with me or to put me in front of other people. I don't know anybody on his side of the family. Right. I'm just going to not worry about that. Just worry about my mother's side of the family.
0: Right. Yeah. He now, didn't now mind you,
1: correct. Now mind you, when I was born to my mother, Um, on my birth certificate, there is no father listed on the, on the birth certificate. And I never knew Uh, why. And I got a copy, you know, when I got married and applied for a passport, I started seeing this and I started Uh saying, started questioning in my head, but I just Uh put that in the back of my head. Uh So Uh I said, mom, I'm going to start doing the family tree now, not to be hypocritical. Tell me the full story of my conception
2: and Uh birth
1: and, and so forth. So that in case I find out something embarrassing about someone else in the family, then it wouldn't seem like I'm putting out their garbage rather than putting out my own garbage. And (laughs) so I I thought that was noble reasons. And I said, please, can you tell me? So she decided to tell me the story of my conception. (laughs) So the story of my conception was she was a young lady. Um, She was doing really well in school. And she uh, was really focusing on her schoolwork and the opportunities that were presented to her um, in this very poor area of North Carolina.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: she did really well in school. So there was a summer program coming up where she could do extra schooling and for gifted or whatever they wanted to call mm-hmm. it. then. And she was dating a young boy named Calvin, mm-hmm. but she found out through the grapevine that Calvin had a, need to have many women in his stable Mm -hmm. he was Mm -hmm. quite the player very centered on himself and what he wanted and there was a rumor that he was um, chasing a very young lady by the name of Eva who Mm -hmm. went to a different school or was a lot younger Um, rather they went to the same school
2: Mm -hmm. and
1: so my mother got tired of the rumors and said Calvin it's over between you and I and broke up with him that summer she went away to this this special program at a school. It's not that mm-hmm. far away. Um, mm-hmm. But if you live in rural North Carolina, before there was internet and before there was right. a lot of mass Ubers, that was pretty right. far away. Right. And <laughs> so while she was there, her roommate introduced her to a much older young gentleman who was, um, that she decided to start dating. Mm-hmm. My mother's mother, my maternal grandmother, was mm-hmm. not very happy with this. Oh. And so she spent a lot of time keeping my mother in check dating this older one older man
0: because well, he was older or he or he was a bad guy or what was your i, I, I really
1: didn't know at the time and i I, mm-hmm. I ended up pressing later what it was i think it was just because of the fact that one my um my maternal grandfather had just passed away so now my grandmother's trying to put everything in perspective she's got to take mm-hmm. care of these what she had now she had six kids at home mm-hmm. still
2: mm-hmm.
1: um mm-hmm. and She was just trying to keep things under control the best she could. She didn't have her husband around. And a lot of the older siblings had already moved on and moved away from the house. And it could have been, it could have been a lot of reasons. I can only Mm -hmm. ask, I never got around to asking my maternal grandmother. She had passed in 89 before I got to bring her into this whole fray of asking her questions.
0: This project. Yeah.
1: Yes. So, um, and part of this was done to honor her because she's like, the matriarch of the family by my, right. my perspective. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so my mother said that she started dating this gentleman um, and things went, it went on for a while, but Calvin was constantly trying to get back with her, trying to mm-hmm. entice her back into a relationship. Um, but uh, I got the impression it was sort of in a weasel way. Like, I don't want to be a boyfriend, but I just want to be around you. To right. I know you're dating this other guy. Know I, want the, I
0: want the most attention from everybody. So
1: yes, yes, that was yeah. his nature, which which totally played true. In his seeing him as yeah. an adult, and now I'm in being in his life. So
0: sounds like um, it attracts, for
1: sure. <laughs> yeah. So then my mother, of course, and we all know that when people tell stories, good or bad, they tell stories to benefit to my, to not make it seem like they're the bad person. But I just took right. it with a grain of salt.
3: Mm-hmm. And my
1: mother said that she eventually had been in a, a romantic relationship with this older guy, and then. He, would, he actually lived in Washington, D.C., oh, and he okay. would travel back each weekend because he was from this area because mm-hmm. his mother was dying of cancer at the time. Ah, mm-hmm. And so he would come home every Friday after work. After he finished working in Washington, D.C., he would drive mm-hmm. the three, four hours back home. He would pick up my mother. He would take her back to the house. They would spend time with his mother as she was you know, getting mm-hmm. bedridden and so forth. Um, and then he, they would go out and do things or whatever they went what kids did back in those mm-hmm. days mm-hmm. at part of North Carolina. And so they would do that every weekend, but during the week, my mother would go to school and see Calvin. So Calvin's constantly hounding her without this older gentleman being around. Right. Um, so my mother said, she admitted, she succumbed to his charm and she mm-hmm. was intimate with him.
2: Mm-hmm. And then
1: she said in her own words, you know, I could have had a V8. I'll never do that again. And walked away, you know, just like, yeah, right. that was gross. And yeah. so she gross. continued to see the older gentleman. Still, yeah. 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 And so she continued to see the older gentleman until his mother passed away. And around the time that his mother passed away, uh, which is around October of 71 or no, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, November of 71, she realized that she was pregnant.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now put a pen in that for a second. Yep. I am a male. I mm-hmm. understand women through women. So I have questions, but I didn't want to question of all people, my mother. Like, why did you do this? Why did you, I don't want to ever put anybody in that situation. So if I ever sound like I'm being the typical, you know, um, headed male, forgive me. It's just me learning through my mother, through my wife, through my daughter, through, you know, things like that. So to me, it didn't make sense. And I said, okay, that's what happened. You found out you were pregnant. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: she said, I told the older gentleman. And mm-hmm. her impression that she gave to me, not knowing her exact words, or remembering her mm-hmm. exact words, was that he basically said, it's not my child, goodbye, and never came back around again because, of course, his mother's passed on now. There's no need for All him right. to come back.
0: Hmm. That's the
1: impression she gave me. So now I don't like this older gentleman. How dare I right. treat my mother this way? Totally. <laughs> totally. Um, and, but then she said, you know what? I'm just going to go through life, and I'm going to raise my son. Good for mm. you, mom. Mm. And powerful." And Of course, that makes me more loving to my mother that she took care of me and she raised me and made me into this wonderful gentleman that I like to think I am. (laughs) Um, So I said, that's your story. And she says, yes. I said, well, where did Calvin come into this? And She said, well, as time went on um, and you would spend time in North Carolina, Calvin's brother, Jamal, would see you all the time and said, you look like Calvin when he was a little boy from pictures and right. so that two and two came together and they came up with four put two and two together and they came up right. with four right and calvin that one time that jamal picked me up he actually took me to calvin for calvin to see me
3: oh. so there was an
1: underhandedness to it right you know like let me let, i'll take i'll take a uh, Spencer out with him, you know and so forth right now now um from that point, that's when Calvin decided to get involved in my life and do the right uh-huh. thing. Hey, that's my son. I want to meet him. He contacted okay. my mother through my aunt, because they live in the same city, because they're all mm-hmm. connected to um, my aunt, my mother's sister. And that's how this all worked out.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
1: I, and I remember seeing her, okay, great. Now I know. Great. Now I can move forward. It's not the most pristine story. It's not without some fault. But that's human life. Nobody's perfect. We can't right. judge, move forward. Do you,
0: do you feel like um, Calvin's brother sort of pressured him to participate?
1: You know, I don't know.
0: Okay. I mean, or I felt. maybe he just felt, felt it. Yeah,
1: I, I know Calvin's brother. I could contact him if I want to. I just don't know what or who to believe because everybody tells right. a story that benefits them. I'm just, <laughs> just knowing how things are falling into place, I can only mm-hmm. assume so much. Right, 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 right. right. You never, ever know the real truth or intention right. or motivation. And so, it may not matter. Yeah, it may not. It may, may neither here nor there.
0: So mm-hmm.
1: life has gone through. Um, life has moved forward. Um, and I'm now married and I've got, I've moved, I've lived international, I've come back and now I start my whole quest. Now, mm-hmm. this portion of the story is a little bit off away from the whole NPE uh, sort okay. of thing. But But when I started going through my ancestry, it was very, very frustrating
2: mm-hmm. for me
1: as an African-American. And I don't yeah. know. I, I've listened to your first, uh, the, the, the other people's stories.
2: Mm-hmm. I don't
1: hear enough of this, but I can only imagine for other African-Americans um, or people who are adopted of different um, ethnic backgrounds, like uh, mm-hmm. I have a friend who's Asian, who was adopted by American Caucasian-American parents, but he yeah. has no connection because China doesn't share their DNA, per se, or right. something like that.
0: Uh, right, right. So, no, I, you know, I don't, um, I don't have a lot of that in the first season. And that was something that I really, that we really like, uh, wanted to, to change about about the second season for sure was to start um, inviting in and representing more diverse uh, yes, stories, because yes. it's so different.
1: It is. And, and it tells, and, and everybody has a different story. And there's a perspective that we may not even get because we don't, we can't put ourselves in other people's shoes when it comes to different ethnicities or religions or or, or situations. So it's good that we hear these different mm-hmm. stories they've yeah. it out. So when I started my journey, of course, Ancestry had just started. There wasn't much of a database compared to now. There's much mm-hmm. more of a database. Um, I started with Ancestry.com and I started searching. Now I have done, I'll say this out loud. I've done some comedic work. I've done some stand-up.
3: <laughs> Mm-hmm. That
1: something as a hobby. So sometimes I'll tell a joke. Please just laugh and move on from it. It's my way of coping with it.
2: <laughs> okay. But comedy has
1: come from this in so right. many ways. So I'm going to say a sure, couple of yeah. things. And if, think, <laughs> and if you think, is he serious? Just laugh and move forward. Okay. I'm warning you. <laughs>
0: okay. Um, All right. You know, I'm, I'm bracing myself. Okay. I'm getting ready so, for, the, for the awkward humor.
1: Well, this is part country, and this could be part of the African American culture, but I was going on a lot of things that my ancestors or my aunts and uncles were telling me. Mm
0: -hmm. And it was
1: hilarious to me. They were like, oh yeah, your uncle Pookie, Pookie. And I'm like, what? Pookie? Somebody named him Pookie? I can't find a record for a Pookie Watson or something like that. So, (laughs) Or Ray Ray or Little John. Please Uh give me their real name. And it was hilarious because I had an aunt tell me, I don't know what my grandfather's real name was. We always called him this. And it's like it's very frustrating on that sense. Right. But then right. also for the African American community, we didn't get to own property
2: left historically.
1: Left. I mean, yeah. there were some, but there wasn't a lot. We didn't we didn't get to register to vote. So we weren't on the census per right. se. And and then one of the one of the most heartbreaking details of the research is that I would find census records.
2: Mm -hmm. And I would read
1: through the census records and they, my grandmother's, my maternal grandmother's name is Lothine, L-O-T-H-I-N-E. Very odd name. I've never heard it Mm -hmm. before.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, And I've never heard it used in other ways. It's not a very, it's not a name that carries per se, Um, Uh but they write her name and they couldn't spell, either they couldn't spell Lothine or they didn't understand Lothine or, or were, you can only imagine, was it that, her mother called her Lothine and couldn't mm-hmm. read and write. So she couldn't spell it for the census taker to write it down. Right. Right. So they just or wrote what they write. thought. Or did the census mm-hmm. taker not have an education to the point where he could write or she could write. I'm sorry. I was assuming he, yeah. that they could mm-hmm. write. And I would assume it would probably be he because they were traveling a lot. It was unsafe mm-hmm. for women to travel with census workers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but there was a lot of
0: care. They didn't care yeah, enough to tra- care. make sure they had it right.
1: But the one part that really broke my heart is that my family were uh, from a long line of sharecroppers mm-hmm. and they would work a part of the land that was owned by say and not to be controversial or anything owned by a white landowner
0: but mm-hmm. black- that's not controversial
1: <laughs> i mean not controversial but i don't want to you know you know I, i'm sorry yeah. i don't even know i'm just muddling through this my best way i can no so. you're
0: doing de- no, you're, de- you're you're just telling there, the truth
1: <laughs> there there were a sharecropper and instead of going to the black family's home to ask them who lives here how old are they mm-hmm. you know all these questions they ask they would just ask the white landowner Ugh, and right. the white land landowner would only give them as much information as they do, right whether it was a lot or a little or if they made it up themselves i don't know they had six kids or whatever the reason whatever the motivation is so been, right. i found it very frustrating to find any type of information so for a couple of years three or four years I'm on the site, I'm off the site, I'm frustrated, I'm trying to find things, I'm mm-hmm. asking people, I'm moving around, it's just a lot of work to it. And But at the same time, my Caucasian friends are like, oh, you're doing that? Hey, show me how to do this. And I'd pop in their name, I'd pop in their grandparents' name. And then <laughs> uh-huh. next thing you know, we're in the 1500s within right. six hours. And I'm like, wow, we're all the way back to ancient, you know, um, mm-hmm. Ireland. Um, right. so, comparatively it was very frustrating so yeah that that would really drive
0: me crazy
1: built up a lot of frustration for me yeah um yeah but on the but on the flip note i started to do my stepfather's side of the family and his came back relatively quickly he's african-american it Mm -hmm. came back relatively quickly but mostly because his family was mostly from baltimore the city so a lot of records a lot of jobs Uh a lot a lot of things were there whereas if you lived in rural north carolina like the other side of the family you didn't have this
0: right more administrative correct. records
1: correct a, so this all state comes state. back to say it just led to a lot of frustration on my part so mm-hmm. i had given up mm-hmm. i'd come back i'd given up so i built up a lot of frustration so i got to a point and the reason why i said all this is i got to a point that the dna test came out and i was thinking hmm what if i do the dna test that may show me that i'm connected to people that i might not have known about yeah I know humans do things that are not necessarily the best things for each other. We have extramarital affairs and so forth. I know that could be a possibility. I was not afraid to put my DNA out there, Mm -hmm. even though some people are. And I was very, I was going forward, but I didn't Mm -hmm. want to be selfishly spending the money for the DNA test. Mm-hmm. Which was great because come Christmas time of 19, what was, know, I'm sorry, 2000, I think it was like five years ago, four years ago, uh-huh.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Um, when it first came out, that first Christmas, we were sitting there watching, the my wife and I were watching a commercial, and it uh-huh. said, hey, do the DNA test. And uh-huh. my wife says, hey, that's what I could get you for Christmas. And I felt uh-huh. relieved that I didn't <laughs> yeah. have the money for it. Well, it's our money, but nonetheless, that she gave me permission. Right. So it I felt said, like a, a,
0: selfish, a selfish project correct. or something.
1: Yeah, I said correct. She knew my frustration. She knew how bad I wanted to do this. I'd already gotten to a certain point, hit a brick wall. Hmm. So I ordered the kit. The kit was in the mail. My mother and I spend time talking to each other on the phone all the time. I love making her laugh. We <laughs> connected as best we can. She called me after I decided to buy the kit. The kit is uh-huh. in the mail. It's on its way. My mother uh, says, was- hey, what... I'm
0: sorry. You guys. I'm sorry. You guys live in Richmond at this point, and she, or where do you live at this point? I live in Richmond at this point. Right. Not going to say. She lives about an
1: hour and a half away. Okay. Um, She's in the tidewater area of Virginia, Virginia Beach. Okay. And so my mother is. She calls me. Hey, what are you doing? Blah blah blah. We're talking, and she says, "Um, "What are you getting your wife for Christmas?" And we have this conversation, (laughs) and then I say, "Guess what? My wife is getting me." And she tells, and I tell her. And uh-huh. she laughs and nonchalantly goes, oh, you young kids know how to waste your money. She thinks it's a waste of time and money.
2: Uh-huh. I'm not uh-huh. giving much.
1: My- she's old school. She still has right. a VCR that still flashes 12 o'clock, which says two things. Uh-huh. One, she has a VCR. And second, she right. still hasn't learned how to program she it. She doesn't know how to no. program it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she's laughing at me at spending money on technology. So the next day, 24 hours later, my mother calls me. She's got uh-huh. a very solemn sound in her voice. Uh wrong mom what's going on she goes, oh everything's fine i just wanted to i just thought we should have a conversation and i said what about and she says oh about your conception and i said really what would i said you've already had this conversation she goes "No, i think i might have left some things out and i'm laughing to myself thinking you left some things out Uh i gave you an opportunity to tell me what could you have possibly left out so she tells me the story all over again but she tells Uh me pretty much word for word the same exact story uh-huh. And I say to her, I said, Mom, you've already told me this story. This is the same exact story she told before. She, I said, why uh-huh. are you telling me this? In the uh-huh. back of my mind, I'm thinking she's telling me because I'm about to do this DNA test.
0: Right. Did so you feel scared? Strange. Did you feel I scared guess? or did you, ha- did you have any strange feelings about this when she was telling you?
1: Not at all. But uh-huh. to answer your question about strange feelings, uh-huh. when you grow up through life, especially us, the the group of people that are in this situation today that we know now. We can always look back and feel some strangeness. We just didn't know what it was. Right. And and when we find out the truth through these tests or what have you, Uh then it all clicks and falls into place. So the strangeness was there. I just didn't know what it felt. like.
0: Okay.
1: Um, I didn't know how to express it.
0: Okay.
2: So,
1: um, I said, Mom, you've already told me this, this story. And why are you telling me this? And she says, Well, I got really sick last night after I got off the phone with you, I got really, really sick to the point I thought I needed to go to the hospital. And oh, I gosh. panicked. I felt like I hadn't told you everything that I deserved to tell you about your life. And I said, I said, well, mom, I'm really sorry you got sick. And yes. I'm glad you're feeling better today. But I'm thinking if you were that sick, you wouldn't be on the phone talking. You'd be in the hospital. That's, that's what I consider to be real sick. Like I had a heart attack uh-huh. or something. And she goes, I just, I just thought I'd share that with you. And I said, well, and I'm a very perceptive person. When people talk mm-hmm. to me, I read between the lines, which mm-hmm. people call me paranoid. But I, I uh-huh. think they're just hiding something, um, uh-huh. which is paranoia in itself. But anyway,
0: but if you, not, if you're her, right, <laughs> when you're right, yeah, it's not paranoia. <laughs>
1: when you find out, when you get facts, when you get truth. So when I said to her, I said, "Well, listen, you've been talking a lot, and you've told me about Calvin, and you know I have no connection with Calvin whatsoever. I don't talk to him. I have nothing to do with him. Um, um, I said, but I said you've talked about a lot about this older gentleman. Can you, Mm -hmm. what, what, what is the deal with him? I said, who, who is he? And to be honest, I don't know if she told me who he was before or told me his name before. I think she did, but my memory, you know how memory is. You remember something, you add things to it and it, things just change. So I don't want to, I don't want to misrepresent my mother. I think she told me before Uh and I got over the fact, but I'm going to tell you this now because this is a continuity of my story. Okay. She told me what his name was.
0: Okay.
1: And this is the mind-blowing part. His name is Spencer. Ah, okay. (laughs) So (laughs) she tells me his name is Spencer. Whether she told me at that moment after we had that conversation about me getting the DNA test or she told me years before, Uh she told me his name was Spencer. And I remember asking her, because if all of this has gone on, I cannot remember the timeline anymore. Uh-huh, it's sure. blown, it, my brain has blown a fuse
2: uh-huh.
1: because um, we're going to get to it in just a second. When she told me his name was Spencer, I said, why did you name me Spencer and right. not Junior? Cause you know how I'm sensitive about this junior thing.
3: Yes. Right? Yeah.
1: So I've already experienced that to a certain point. Why did you name me Spencer? And she said, I said, did you name me Spencer because you thought I was his child? And she said, she goes, um, I just like the name. And I said, no, uh-huh. mom. <laughs> nobody's got no woman in her right mind. I don't care if she was 16 or 17 is going to name her child after her ex-boyfriend.
0: Right. The guy that dumped her. Right. Yeah.
1: Um, that either shows a little bit of craziness or something else is going on here. I said, why did you name me that? And she said, Oh, it's cause I like the name. And of course it's my mother. I respect her. I didn't push it. I let it go. Uh-huh. But I uh-huh. always had to reconcile the fact that I'm named after a man that basically deserted her. Right. You know, so this is this is my story. It's mm-hmm. it's a bit shameful, but at the same time, I'm laughing about it. I'm making a joke out of it. I'm I'm making I'm doing stand up comedy about this about the fact uh-huh. that I'm named you know. So I go on stage and I say, "Is anybody here named Spencer?" I just want to know if you're my dad or not. So uh-huh. I'm laughing about it. Uh-huh. Um. So I said, "Mom, listen. You've talked and now we're at the conversation where we're having around Christmas time after I got the DNA test ordered." I said, Mom, can you please tell me something seems weird here? Now I'm getting real right. weird feeling. And yeah. I said, Well, what's his last name? And she tells me his last name. And while we were talking on the phone, for some stupid reason, thinking this guy got to be like 67, 68 at the time, uh-huh. I decided to go on Facebook and look him up. Sure. And I go looking for him while my mother's just talking. I'm not even hearing. All I hear is uh-huh. Charlie Brown adults. Uh-huh.
0: And I'm
1: pulling up his name and up pops several people with that name
0: Uh
1: the first listing i click on it and i look at the picture and it's me 20 years older
0: oh my gosh Uh my
1: whole do you know the alfred hitchcock movie or um he he, i think he patented this 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 vision it was in vertigo where it looks like the world is pulling the camera's pulling away but the background that's what it felt like
0: yeah 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 I yeah. finally
1: got it. It was vertigo just sitting in my couch, dealing with mm-hmm. it I don't hear anything else from that point on, and I'm stuck. I cannot even think straight at this point. And my mom's like, "No, he's not your father. Calvin's your father. I'm sure of it. Now,
2: <laughs> on that for a second. Yeah,
1: I'm dealing with the fact that my blood type, no, my mom's blood type, I used to study biology in college.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm
1: thinking anybody could be my father. That's the way the, the, the genotypes work out when it comes mm-hmm. to blood and so forth. Mm-hmm. So I'm not mad at her that she doesn't know who my father is. I'm not shaming her because she had two boyfriends or it might've been intimate with two men within the same week. Right. Same... I'm not throwing that type of shame on my mother. That would be wrong with me. Um, I'm not mad about that at all. Uh-huh. I'm just overwhelmed by what this might mean if Spencer is my father. Right. The I deal with that. I get off the phone with my mother. And I'm looking at his picture on Facebook and I'm looking at his wife and I'm looking at his children and I'm going, wait a minute. And I'm just, all of this is coming to me. Like, what could this possibly mean? But I'm looking at this man's face and I'm, it's like, I'm looking into a mirror.
0: Yeah. Funny
1: thing. Funny thing is that I've never, I had, at the time I had never been able to grow a beard. Like it would come (laughs) in in patches. Like I felt Mm -hmm. like this, you know, like hormonal teenager with weird facial hair. Um, Right. Soon after, side note, soon after, probably within a year, I was able to grow a full beard after seeing his picture of a full beard. It was so hilarious. It was like all of a sudden, my beard just came in. It's like my brain released the rest (laughs) of my hormones. It was just waiting
0: waiting waiting. for you to make the connection. Wow. Uh
1: So I'm looking at this guy, and and I'm trying to convince myself that he's not my father. No, this picture doesn't look like me. No, that picture doesn't. No, that, you know, and I'm just Uh dealing with this. The test comes, I do the test, I send it off, and I totally forget about the test. This is the Mm -hmm. first Christmas of the test. And if anybody had did one around that time, I can't remember what year it was. Um, What year is it now? 2020? So it might have been 2016, 2015, or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a real backlog. It took a while for the results to come back. So I think I did it right before or right after Christmas, and my results didn't come back for like three months. Mm, um the whole time during that three months my brain is just working just yeah how do i deal with this i even forgot i had done the ancestry test Mm -hmm. it was not even on my radar anymore i'm trying to process all of this um i'm quizzing my mom i'm asking her for more information she's like look i'm telling you spencer is not your father and i'm like mom i just something's weird here and of course i'm not talking to calvin I'm still cl- close to his first wife, but I'm not telling anybody about this. I'm just dealing with this. And so. Um, did you tell, your, did get, you tell your
0: wife?
1: Oh, yeah. I told my wife. This is the okay. hilarious part. This is, this is the joke part. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface it <laughs> by saying it's a joke. So my wife, being uh, Spanish, she's Caucasian. Uh-huh. I look at her and I said, honey, look at this picture. And uh-huh. she's there when I'm discovering this. And I show uh-huh. it to her. And she looks at it and she just looks at me and she just shakes her head left and right. She doesn't uh-huh. say anything. She say uh-huh. anything. And I go, tell me, this doesn't look like me. I need you to help me with this. I need your yeah. perspective. And she just looked at me like I'd spoken a different language. that so she didn't understand it. She speaks uh-huh. different languages. Okay.
2: Uh-huh.
3: And I go, you know what?
1: You're no good. Get away from me. And I just walk right. away. I'm so distraught.
3: Yeah. Um,
1: I go to work the next day and um, I work with a lot of Caucasian people in my field. Okay. Uh-huh.
2: The only reason why I'm
1: telling you this, is because it leads into a joke. Right. I am bursting with this. And I tell yeah. all the people at work, hey, this is what's going on. This is what my mother told me last night. Does this man look like me? And right. they're like, "They, he looks like you. And I'm yeah. laughing to myself. And I'm like, all Black people look alike to you anyway. What, right. you, what, what, what am I <laughs> totally. asking you for? Yeah. So I go to ask a Black person. And they go, yep, he looks like your father. And I go, crap. It is uh-huh. true. A Black person yep. knows I look like this person. So I'm laughing about this years later, about the fact that that happened. Um, so anyway, I am... Dealing with this over the next three months, trying to get this in my head, totally forget about the DNA test, uh-huh. and I'm trying to figure out a way. I need to know if this guy is my father or not, so I can just get this out of my head and move forward in life. So I asked my mother, "Does he have any siblings?" And she said, "Yes." And I said, "Did he have any sisters?" And she uh-huh. said, "She said yes. Her name is Alice, that I remember." And I said, "Great. My theory was, uh-huh. she Alice would probably be more discreet than say a brother." Okay. I don't want to ruin this man's life. I don't want to introduce myself to him if he is this crappy person who deserted my mother when she was pregnant
0: at right. 17 right. or 16. Complicated. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I'm going, I'm trying to be a even keeled and nice about this without being disruptive in any way. I figured if I can talk to her, maybe she'll do a DNA test with me like a mm-hmm. home kid. I'm not even thinking ancestry has anything to do with this. Because I don't know what to expect. I don't know what's going right. to come back. We all know what comes back now, but I didn't know what right.
0: to expect. Right, right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, it was when it was fresh. It was like a. Yes.
1: So yeah. So I reach out to her. I see his profile on Facebook. I change my name to encompass my full name, not uh-huh. just Spencer Warren, but my middle name. And, and also, to in case she knows me, through, because I'm sorry, I didn't tell you this before. Everybody on my mother's side calls me by my middle name. Uh-huh. My first okay. name, Spencer. That you know me right. by is is my school name it's my professional it. name it's and so forth nobody okay. calls me spencer i've never liked the name spencer i've got teased on being called spencer because spencer for hire the show came out i got teased about that <laughs> don't know why it affected me but kids are just weird like that yeah, um yeah. but um i never used spencer before so i changed my name to, to shows my first middle last name I put it on Facebook and I find his profile and I find his connection to a friend
2: uh-huh. who has
1: the same name as his sister. And I reach out to her and I say, hello. Now, uh-huh. we all know if you're a Facebook user, if you're not friends with someone, if you send a message to them through Messenger, it used to go to their yeah. spam or to another folder. Yeah, I did not want to friend her because I didn't want Spencer to see me as her friend if he's active on Facebook. Obviously, he right. has a profile. I just didn't want to cause that stir. Right. I just send her a simple hello on a Thursday. That whole day, nothing in return. That Friday, nothing in return. That Saturday, I'm having a cookout with my friends and we're all at my house. I pull up my email and I say, hey, your ancestry results are back. Sometime in the spring now, April, March. Or, mm-hmm. No, March. Okay. Um, three months, I've totally forgot about this DNA test, which I've said a couple of times. And I say, let me read it. And I, it shows me my genetic makeup, which was surprising. I had, you know, I never knew that I had this genetic makeup and so forth. It told me a lot mm-hmm. of stuff. Great and dandy. I'm making jokes with my friends because it turns out that I'm 23% Great Britain. And so I'm laughing <laughs> and I'm going, mm-hmm. I'm a quarter white. This is why I can't dunk a basketball. And this is why right, i can't right. dance. Just a whole bunch of things. We are just making jokes. And so done with that. Uh, the Cookout is over with. I clean up. I go and sit down again. It's eleven o'clock at night, and I go through my results again. Mm -hmm. And now it tells me. I do it on my laptop this time, and now it says Mm -hmm. you have some genetic relatives.
2: Mm -hmm. I
1: start to look at them. Now, of course, my my pea-sized brain is not processing very well.
2: I'm overwhelmed,
1: Mm -hmm. and it Mm -hmm. says you have a close relative. Again, Mm -hmm. relative new to this. Don't understand what close relative mean, and I see their screen name. And I go, who is this person? I can't even imagine right. who it could be. Right. And then I go and I send that person a message. And I don't even huh? know what to say because I want to be discreet. And I right. say, "Well, hey, Hi. Um, you know, I just see that we're close. Would you like to talk because this is all new to me? Blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. At 11 o'clock at night, I send the message. I don't expect a response, of course. Then I look through the rest of the list and it says you have a first cousin. And it has a picture. But, of course... Mm-hmm. You can't really see the picture. It doesn't let you expand it at this time. And I see the space and I can barely make it out, but it doesn't look like anyone I know. Now, mind you, I know everyone on my mother's side of the family. Even though I've got my mother has 13 siblings, I know all my first cousins. We get together Mm -hmm. all the time. I'm really close to Darren, but I know all my first cousins. I'm not even thinking about Calvin's family. I'm not even thinking about that. I'm just thinking, who is this person? How could they be my cousin? And I'm blown away. So I send that person a message as well. (laughs) Okay. And then I go to sleep. The next day I get up. I had to travel uh, to two hours away. To I used to coach uh, competitive soccer, and I had Uh a game the next day that was nearby my mother's house. I was going that direction anyway. And I get in the car and I start driving, and my mind is just reeling about what I just learned about the night before. And on one of my breaks driving down, I, I check my email. And it's that first cousin replied, not the close mm-hmm. family, but the first cousin.
2: Mm-hmm. She goes, Hey
1: cousin, it seems like we're first cousins. Um, who are your people? And I'm thinking, I, I, I really don't know at this point, right? I'm going to need you to help me out. You need to yeah. tell me. So I'm blown away and I, and I, and I go and I'm playing coy and she's playing coy. This is the internet. You don't want to give too much information away. Right. And I right. just finally, we go back and forth while I'm at this break and my driving and I've got time built in and I'm going, let me just get this over with. I said, hey, listen, cool. um, I really think my father's not my father. And you, are you related to anybody named Spencer who lives in this area of North Carolina? And uh-huh. she goes, she replies almost immediately. That's my brother's youngest brother. I'm floored.
0: Okay. Uh-huh. That's
1: her father's youngest brother. So she is definitely my first cousin through our right. father's side. And right. I'm just sitting there looking at this email, reading it over and over and over again. And she says, well, if you need any help, here's my number. Call me. I won't be, I'm not home today. I'm traveling, but call me next week. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking, "Next week? I need to know today. What, is, right. what will you be next week? Right. So I now know that I'm related to someone who's related to Spencer, which makes, mm-hmm. unless unless Spencer and Calvin are related, Spencer's my father and Calvin's not. Right. And I really don't think Spencer and Calvin are related. But at the right. same time, I still don't know.
0: Right, so anything can happen.
1: Anything can happen at this point. So I drive down. I'm I'm my head is in a fog. I coach the game. By the way, I had some pent up aggression. It seems like we killed that team. I don't know. <laughs> where my coaching abilities came came to life. Uh-huh. Finished the game. Did our cooldowns, and then I drive back to my mother's house, which is on my way back to Richmond. I get to my mother's house. Oh, what a pleasant surprise! Hey, blah blah blah. We're talking blah blah blah. My stepdad okay. is there. Um, and the reason why I didn't do this in front of my stepdad is because my stepdad and I had a very, um, very difficult relationship growing up. Now oh, that okay. we are an adult, um, it's a little bit more respectful, um, but we've not throwing any daggers at him. He's, I consider him to be my father. He was the one in my life, but good or right. bad, he's my father. That's the way I look at it. Um, now, I didn't want to say this in front of him because I needed to get my mother to not lie to me. I needed her to understand what I'm learning today. And I needed to tell her this. And I, and and I didn't want to bring my stepdad into this. He's not very good with drama and controversy. He's very (laughs) archie bunker to himself. So I, I said, Hey mom, didn't you want to go to this place? And she kind of picked up on that clue. Like I needed to talk to her. So we stepped outside and got in the car and went somewhere and I told her what I learned. And she was in genuine shock and she huh. said, I'm, she said, I'm sorry. And I just looked at her expecting something else to come out, but nothing. Uh-huh. And then yeah. I just kind of went, okay, I still need to process. Took her back yeah. home, got in the car, drove hour and a half back home, got home, told my wife. My wife just looked at me blankly again, as if I was, she didn't know what to say. And I spent that Sunday night dealing with that. Okay. Mm -hmm. And thinking of the ramifications and saying, still, I'm not sure. I could still be Calvin's child if Calvin and Spencer are related in some way. I just don't, I can't, I'm trying to figure this all out. I go to work on Monday, my head's in a fog. Yeah. And I open up my laptop and I start work. And I know some people are probably amazed by this. I get on Facebook while I'm at work. Sorry, (laughs) I I, I work in IT. I can get through these things, you know. So I sit there, I open up my laptop, and I open up Facebook, and there is a message from Alice, the sister of Spencer. Uh Aha. And she finally responded after five days. And she said, hello, I have been looking for you. My whole world has fell apart. Oh. Oh, my gosh. So I respond, you've been looking for me? And she says, yes, I lost contact with your mother when you were a baby. And I've been looking for you all this time, but I could not remember her last name. But now that we have, basically, now that we have the internet and all this stuff, right. and I go, wow. And I'm still responding, being a child of the internet, and she goes, can you just call me? I go, of
3: course. Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: I, so I get on the call, and I call her. Now, um, a lot of people may already know this. When you're talking to someone who's older, you, of course, talk to them with respect. Yes, mm-hmm. ma'am, no, ma'am, and so forth. But an, another thing that I do, I've always learned to do, is she would say, yes, Ms., whether they're Ms. or not, you would say, yes, Ms., and then their first name, uh-huh. Miss sure. Alice. Yes, Miss Alice. No, Miss Alice. I'm being totally respectful. And she Mm -hmm. finally got tired of me calling her that. And she says, she says, would you stop calling me Miss Alice? I'm no stranger. I'm your aunt. And I'm going, Uh wait a minute. You know me to be your nephew. Right. This is blowing my mind. So now my whole world is destroyed because I'm thinking Spencer was like, that's not my child. I'm gone. So why would his sister still consider me to be. This is really bothering me. So I am at work and I'm like, I really can't get into this, but I, I needed to know something. So I say to her, Do I have any siblings? And she says, she's, I could hear her smile through the phone.
3: Uh-huh. And she goes,
1: You don't know? And I said, No, I don't. And she yes, goes, you I don't have,
3: know anything. I
1: don't know anything. And she says, You have four siblings, you have three sisters and a brother. And my heart just exploded. Hmm. I'm just like, Really? Now, one thing you'll know about me or learn about me or if you want to later on in life, I love the women in my life. I have a very fond affection to the women in mm-hmm. my life. Men have been disappointing to me. My stepfather and I didn't get along very well. Calvin and I didn't get along very well. Uh-huh. So I have this very, I'm very apprehensive around men per se. Right. Um, even though I have a boy and a and a, a girl child, I'm very close to both of them or I like to feel like I am. Yeah. Um, I don't treat them any differently, but I just don't, Tend to congregate around the men, older men in my life. Right. So I'm very affectionate toward the females in my life. I coached girls for 20 years. That kind mm-hmm. of thing, you know. I just mm-hmm. get, it. I just get it. So now I find out for the first time, mind you, I had Calvin Junior, right. who's my brother. My mom, my mom and stepdad had a son. Uh, he's my younger brother. We grew up together. Um, whereas Cal- Calvin Junior and I didn't really grow up together, and met each other later into our childhood. Um, so, there's no real deep connection, but there's a connection between yeah, us. Yeah. I now have three sisters and I'm like over the moon. I care less about the extra brother uh-huh. I got, but I'm just elated at having these sisters. And I'm going, I have sisters. And then I started thinking to myself, what if we look alike? I'm going to see what I look like as a girl. Uh-huh. That, to me, I'm ugly, a hugely ugly picture in my head of me looking like. A female, because uh, I'm not the—I don't think of myself as like this, this overly handsome guy. Like I'm thinking this is going to be interesting, because now I get to see things. Now, going back, you and I were talking about the fact that how did we feel anything strange? Mm-hmm. And I alluded to the fact that you go through life, things feel strange. You just don't know what they feel right. like. I never felt comfortable around Calvin. And it was from the day we met. And I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was nature or nurture. Right. I don't know if he, he set me off or what have mm-hmm. you. I always felt comfortable with his wife. I just never felt comfortable with him. It felt like there was this, this, this energy between mm-hmm. them. Um, that didn't work out. But then everybody would always say, oh, you look like him. And that would always go, I go, okay. Mm-hmm. But now in hindsight, when I saw that picture of Spencer right. on Facebook, I knew instantly That was Mm -hmm. me, that was my face, that was my nose, that was everything. And so for a child, which is a phenomenon that a lot of people take for granted because they'll never experience it. When you grow up in this situation and then you find people you look like, you become a part of that tribe just by your genetic makeup, Mm -hmm. it, it satisfies something inside of you. It's like a piece has been missing for so long and you go, wow, that's where I got that from. That's who I look like. So that was very satisfying. Right. So that's
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was gonna say, so that's what happened to you is you felt like a piece settled into place. Okay.
1: I knew I looked like my mother, but I never had my father around to figure out which one I looked like the most or which where I get this from or what have Mm -hmm. you. But I never felt like that came from Calvin. So that kind of meeting my sisters or wanting to meet my sisters, I would see the other side of me. I would it would complete me. Hmm. It would make me whole. That's the feeling that I got. And I was rushing to that point. Um, Not to get too much, not that I don't want to, but not to get too much into it. There is a reading other people's story on these, these, these NPE groups that uh, you and I have been a part of Mm -hmm. or that you've talked about before. um, You find that some siblings don't want anything to do with you. You find some siblings are like, oh, yes, please bring them, bring them. We want, we want to give you love just because you're genetically related mm-hmm. and you find out that you may be culturally different because mm-hmm. you grew up in different mm-hmm. households or you grew up in that secret. Um, this was odd in the sense that I finally went to meet my sisters. They are both um, adults mm-hmm. and they both have children of their own. And I went they were living in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, <laughs> where I set my son. Right. And So I go down there and I finally meet my aunt Alice. She's the one who's the conduit for Mm -hmm. me because, because, and we'll get into it. She hadn't told Spencer yet. So I said, I need to meet you as soon as possible. Nobody's guaranteed tomorrow. I'm coming down there. Do you have a problem with that? She says, no, I drive down. I leave work in the middle of the day. I tell them I got to go. I drive down North Carolina Mm -hmm. and I go to her house. And as I'm pulling up to her house on this rural road in the back of North Carolina's woodlands, whatever, I go past the sign that says their last name, towing company. Mm -hmm. So I'm seeing that the family has a, has a business. And that makes me feel like, wow, you know, this is what I come from. And And I'm starting to feel this. mm -hmm. Like that's my spirit, my entrepreneurial um,
0: spirit.
1: Maybe this is where I get it from. Is this genetic? Is this, is this nature or nurture? Mm -hmm. And I pull up and she's so warm to me and she's so sweet. And she says, okay, we're going to go visit your sister. And, she hops in the car and we drive on through and she's telling me stories about yeah when you were a baby I used to babysit you and I'm going what, what? you're what and I'm t- I'm, I'm, I'm not stopping mm-hmm. her I'm just letting her mm-hmm. talk and I go you used to babysit me she's yeah when your mom had to work I would babysit you because my daughter would always ask me when she was talking about her daughter mm-hmm. she says my daughter said hey do you remember that you remember um little Spencer you know We used to babysit him. Whatever happened to him? And she's like, I don't know, honey. I'm looking for him. And she would tell me these stories. And I'm looking at her, going, What is this woman? What kind of? There's no way this happened, right? You know, is she lying to me? I don't know these people, but I, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I want to know what. I want to know more about Mm me. So we show up at my sister's house, and I'm huggy. I'm a hugger. (laughs) I'm very affectionate, and I'm like, Hey, how you doing? And I look in her face, and she looks like Uh
2: me,
1: and she's gorgeous, Uh and I'm thinking. This is the most beautiful face I've seen. And she's got, and this is funny because I have a dimple in my right cheek, uh-huh. but I don't have one in my left uh-huh. cheek. And we growing up, people always said, you know, um, um, your mom couldn't afford two, two, dimples. two dimples or something like <laughs> right. that. You know, we're so poor, you can afford two dimples. She has a dimple in the same cheek. Wow. So it blows me away that I'm sitting here looking at mm-hmm. her. It's not a mirror image, but it's just, I see our similarities. Yeah. And I'm, I'm in her house and I'm, she's got three daughters. And of course, again, I've coached girls for a long time. I'm being affectionate with the daughters are climbing all uh-huh. over me. They're so nice and so sweet. And I go outside and play basketball with the with a with the, the middle aged uh-huh. one and it's just it was just like a home. Yeah, it sounds it so beautiful. fun. And the sister, her name is Olivia. She goes, You look just like our uncle Brooke. And I go, What? <laughs> and she goes, Yeah, you look just like I mean you look like dad, but you look like Brooke. So now I'm feeling even more of a connection. Because now I look like more people. Right. I see my genetic makeup like, coming.
0: Really? Yeah. And this
1: is great. And then she says to me, you know, dad, you should talk about you all the time. <gasps> what? Oh, no. I, oh, no, no,
0: I no, 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 no. I
1: thought he deserted my mother. And I don't say this. Right. Because I don't want you to tick anybody off. But I'm going, huh? And she goes, yeah, he's telling us about you. We go to bed. He tell us about you. I'm like, us? He goes, yeah, my, you know, our other sister. Well, actually, first she goes, my sister, our sister, she corrects herself Uh because now this is new for her. But I'm thinking, I'm thinking now in my head, as a woman, why didn't she with her motherly nature come looking for me?
0: Oh, interesting.
1: And she never did. She knew I was out there. She just never came looking for Uh me. And and I said to her, why didn't you come looking for me? And her knee jerk response was, and I think this has started a bad blood between Uh us. She goes, why didn't you come looking for us?
2: Uh-huh, right.
1: And I looked at her and I go, because I didn't know you existed. And right then, that moment, I started to feel something toward my mother. Huh, yeah. I'm starting to think something bad here. It's starting to sink in. And I said, I'm not going to go that, down that route just yet, because maybe I don't have all the, the full story. Right. Now I realize this is, this is going to be a very sinister or possibly dark Reason behind it.
3: Right.
1: And I need to figure this out. I need to figure out who Spencer is. I need to figure out really who my mother is. Right. So the other sister comes over, they're a bit standoffish. The kids, their kids are all over uh-huh. me. But and I'm warm, but I feel this coldness coming from my siblings. And I just kind of let it go. Uh-huh. Now, my father finally calls me, and I hear his voice for the first time, which of course nearly made me explode with tears um because i never heard his voice before and um i laugh to myself because i uh coming from north carolina we have a, a very distinct dialect just like if you're from alabama or georgia or whatever. Mm-hmm. but if you listen to my voice now i don't think that comes out mm-hmm. i think a lot of people can't tell where i'm from they think i'm from the northeast or from some major city or something mm-hmm. I learned how to get rid of that accent, but every now and then, I can bring the accent back if I'm around my family a lot. And his voice has that accent. Mm -hmm. So I'm laughing to myself that, you know, he's got that accent that I've been trying to get away from, but it was so warm to hear his voice for the first time. And he's very coy at first, and he says, hey, there's some things I got to take care of, but... You know, I'm going to call you very soon, and we're going to get together. And I would love to meet. And I'm glad you found me. I've been waiting for this day to happen. And I'm like waiting for this day. You knew I was out there. What? And I don't want to be angry because I want to get family history. I want to get medical history. I want to get. I want to be amicable. Without being divisive, you know. But there's there's some points to this. So, um, moving forward, um, I end up meeting him. He finally tells me the story. And his thing was, is that he and my mother, his story is that he and my mother were connected all the way through my childhood. My mother even came to live with him in Washington, DC shortly after I was born, it just didn't work out. And my mother ended up going back to Richmond to live with one of her sisters. Uh... And over time, he eventually would tell me more information. He just was very coy about what he was going to tell me. Uh-huh. And I think, and I respect him for this. I think he didn't want to say anything bad about my mother, right. not knowing who I was, right. knowing right. that that's all I had, my mother. And I respected him for that. Mm-hmm. and I appreciated it. But I also told him, I said, listen, not everybody's perfect. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know you, but tell me your side. That's all I need. and And I'll try to figure out What's, what's up, you know, what I believe, what I feel, what would what, what happen. He just to this day will not speak ill of my mm-hmm. mother. So part of the story is missing. But the reason why this has been difficult for me is because hearing his side of the story doesn't match up with my mother's side of the story, right. but it makes my mother's side of the story seem to be suspect.
2: Right, right.
1: Just because it didn't make sense. Right. If he was in contact with my mother for so long, why did my mother erase that history? By telling me that story of my conception twice, right. admitting him both times and painting him in a negative picture.
0: So interesting.
1: So the reason why I decided to have this conversation with you and hopefully for the yeah. other viewers yeah. or listeners, there have been some MP situ- MPE situations that have been from, from, from affairs, Mm. um, from less than desirable reasons. But one of the aspects that I think is unique in this situation, Mm -hmm. and there's so much more to my, my story. Um, one of the unique situations, the, the amount of guilt and shame that women carry Mm -hmm. when this happens and historically, culturally, we've put women on a certain path to be a certain way whereas men get a free pass. Um, And if a woman were to have an illicit affair, or if a woman were to be um, on alcohol or drugs or a party or or such, and this were to happen, it shames the woman when she has a child out of this situation where she has to save face um, to a point where, you know, what if uh, she was, You know following a band and she decided to sleep with a band member and the band member doesn't even remember her name or the child finds this out and the shame that they have to deal with the mother protects the child by lying to Mm -hmm. them or the mother protects the child by having an affair and lying to them um and and then even when found out by dna there are some mothers who are like i don't believe in dna right that's all a lie and it's like well how did it pick out this person out of 330 million americans (laughs) who lived in utah how did you know and you happen to live down the street from them back in 1962. Right. Um, right. <laughs> right, The amount of guilt that our mothers in these scenarios are carrying, yeah. they start with a lie and they live that lie for the rest of their life, not knowing that DNA was going to catch yeah. them in that lie. I think about it all the time. And and the mental, we we, we don't even understand our brains and our personalities and our psyches. The fact that, A woman has told a lie in my case for 47 years. It's hard for her to release herself from that lie because everything she's built on it, that house of cards she's built on it comes crumbling down. And so their defense mechanism is to say to the child, don't tell anyone. Mm -hmm. They want us to carry that weight, which my mother said to me, don't tell anyone. And I said, why not? This is my story. And she says, but it's none of their business. Right. And I'm thinking, no, you don't want the shame yeah. of this. And, I, and I've even given my mother a pass to the point where I've said, listen, mom, you were 16 years old. That's a major decision to have made yeah. at the age of 16. You had just lost your father. You had all your other, older siblings who had left the home. There was no one there to look after you. You had a, you had a, you had a mother that was reeling from losing her husband of so many yeah. years, You know, at least 20, 30 years. Um, you were growing up in a very poor sharecropper situation where now the breadwinner who had been stricken with brain cancer and sick most of his last few years of his
2: mm-hmm.
1: life finally had to leave. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot. I don't blame you for yeah. this, but let me let you, let me release you from this. Yeah. And she says she she basically couldn't deal with that. Now, another response is the mother will turn on the child mm-hmm. And basically, go out and go out of their way to poison everyone else with their version in order to vilify the child who learned this. And what doesn't help is when the child learns out this new truth, whether it's from uh, rape or whether it's from um, incest or from an affair. Or my case, it was not. A, it was just a relationship. Mm-hmm,
0: just consensual. It was just the fact
1: that. <laughs> yeah conventional relationship maybe it was a little sketchy in the sense that she was between two men which some people might turn their nose up to even to this day but back then even more so you had more people probably turn their nose up to the fact that this young girl was sleeping with two different men Mm -hmm. um that guilt she carries from
2: 1972
1: to now you know and and that guilt has built up this fortitude this 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 wall around her that she is stuck into and i feel bad for my mother because. Now, she can't let that yeah. go. She can't just live in the truth. And and the aftermath of all this is that my mother and I have had an argument. And and I think it built from the fact that I was not going to hold her secret anymore. Mm-hmm. And she knew this. And she was feeling it. And she felt the pressure. And now she and I haven't spoken in about eight months. Oh, no. Which is, yes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been, she's found a reason to be angry with mm-hmm. me and she's used that as a reason to not speak to me and it's one of the most ridiculous small reasons i've ever seen but she had to find something in order to justify hiding her shame
2: right
1: and and sadly people are allowing this to happen and i've just basically just said okay eventually she'll this will come back around right. but I just want her not to live in that shame. And I know a lot of us, a lot of us NP people are dealing with mothers who are living in that shame. And it's almost like the truth tells that you, right?
0: Break. You know, I know. We're
1: trying to help them, even though we're, even though we're suffering because our whole world got wrong
0: mm-hmm.
1: and now we see the world in a different way. And, you know, in my case, I was 44, I had children and now this whole quest to bring a gift to the family turn into a life-changing thing for me. Mm -hmm. It's a bit of trauma for us. It's almost, uh, not to discredit anybody else's ailments, whether they've been a victim of violence or rape or anything like that, where they're dealing with that trauma. No one knows what you're going through unless you go through it, but nobody knows how to help us go through it, where they're telling us things like, oh, get over it. Oh, you already had a father. What are you complaining about? So isolated Why do you need to know who your father is? Yeah, so it's almost like they're patronizing us when we don't even know how to deal with it. Also, I don't think the mental health uh, um, what's the, community. Word I mean? the mental health um community is necessarily prepared for this yep. too. I've seen a therapist, and she had no idea of how to deal Ugh, with this.
0: That's annoying. And so
1: telling this story over and over again has been very difficult mm-hmm. through different therapist and each therapist is like, ah, well, let's deal with your mother's issue. Mm. No, let's deal with mine. I'm dealing with the fact that I have a whole new family. Now, that's the reason why I decided to come on and tell my story, because maybe it might help someone else to know they're not alone, even though this wasn't a a sense of, you know, infidelity or whatever. Um, I'm dealing with uh, siblings who don't want anything to do with me at this point. And I think that comes from the fact that uh other issues, but I've seen it's a phenomenon where if your situation is because of um infidelity, mm-hmm. your existence tarnishes their father, right, so that's why they don't want anything to do with you you you're a reminder of the
0: the negative right um, you represent, there's yeah. a whole bunch of issues, yeah, it's like well, I think a lot of people for the this other person that appears you know, even though they knew about you, like, uh, I mean, I I sort of have the same, a similar situation with siblings. And I, I, I just get the feeling that nobody knows what to do with me. (laughs) And I kind of don't know what to do with them either, (laughs) to be honest. Uh, it's, it's like, it's all weird. And there's no, because this has never happened before there's no language and there's no like platform, like there's no protocol. It's just totally, um, uncharted territory.
1: And in the end, I've looked for all these ancestors and I feel like I'm left with zero right.
2: mm.
1: because I went looking. Sure. And that's the part that destroys you the most, mm-hmm. you know? So in the aftermath, I don't have a connection with my, the two older siblings. And I, I kind of skipped around my father. He, um, the story I got later on, if anybody's ever wondering, anybody's listening or ever wondered when I met my father, he's a really nice gentleman. I looked just like mm-hmm. him. Um, he's very warm. He's very sweet. I, I get a good feeling about him. Um, he won't speak ill of my mother. That's great. He's married. He's on a second marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, his first marriage was around when I was about five years old. Um, and he ended up having a child, which was my sister Olivia. And then later on, about 13 years later, they had another child, mm-hmm. um, my other sister. Um, they had a very uh, rocky relationship. They got divorced. He married another woman who, this is hilarious to me, um, he was, I think, in his late 30s, early 40s. I didn't do the mm-hmm. math because my head was hurting at the <laughs> time, um, but she was she was 18, uh-huh.
2: okay. and, and,
1: and they ended up having children. Mm-hmm. So I have a sister who is a month older than my son, and their names are similar, right. which I thought was yeah. hilarious. Oh, my gosh. And then, and then the other part is I have a brother who's 13 years old. You know, I'm yeah. near 50 yeah. and he's 13 years old. So he's like my son right. or could be my grandson. Right. But the sad part about it is that his name is Spencer. Ah. Oh. <laughs> let, let that sink in.
0: Right. Okay. So,
1: here's the story behind that. <sighs> yeah. Because again, if you go looking, you're going to find crazy right. stuff. When he married his first wife, she was aware that I was in existence. Mm-hmm. And that's why he told his first two daughters
2: mm-hmm.
1: about my existence he and my mother decided it wasn't going to work out but for some reason there was a falling out between my mother and him mm-hmm. um, and my father Spencer decided it was best he stayed away. You can read into that yeah. whatever you yeah. want whether it was a threat or whether whatever it is mm-hmm. I don't know but he decided to stay away for the safety of someone or something right. sanity or piece of whatever mm-hmm. so he's always known about me his whole life he just decided to wait until I found him after I turned 18. Speaking on that, I think that's a cop-out, but at the same time, I'm a father, I do things differently. I, if I was in that situation, I would probably press, but again, male um, rights to their children and, and custody in 1977 was a lot different than 2000. Right. You know, so um, he had a divorce from this woman and he married this other woman. They had children, but he never told the second wife about it. Uh, So when I pop up out of the blue, the reason why he didn't come to me right away was because he had to break it to her that she had a son out there and also the son's name is Spencer. (laughs) Which does not make any sense because why would he let his second wife name the child Spencer if he knew he had a child out there unless he didn't know my name was Spencer
2: Mm.
1: or unless he just was hiding a secret again. Here's another secret that people hide that comes back to bite right, you. Right,
0: right. He just couldn't, couldn't, rec- couldn't yeah. reconcile all these different narratives.
1: Yeah. So here I am stuck in limbo, uh-huh. a grown man uh-huh. feeling like an eight-year-old child again, and dealing with all of this. It was just not a very pleasant. It, it is still something I've gone through. It's still up and down. Yeah. It's still all over the map. Um. So my mother. Um, Going back to her, I confronted her, I asked her questions, she's very coy, she's heaven and hawn, when I tell her stuff, she says, no, that's not true, Mm -hmm. and I'm thinking, okay, this is the woman who raised me, and my father's telling me something, and I go back to her to confirm it, so that I can put this in my story, this in my head as being true, and she tells me, no, that's not true, and now I don't know who to believe, because now I have reason not to believe my mother, because she's lied about me. Totally. She totally erased the first five years of my life,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and here here's this man who's gentle and sweet that I know nothing about. But I'm thinking I already have a father, good or bad, with my stepdad. Yeah. But I'm trying to reconcile this this piece of my life, and it's just been it's just been a tornado of emotions yeah. to the point where sometimes I've got to drop out, and sometimes I step back in. Mm-hmm. But but everybody on his side of the family. Spencer side of his family knew I existed, mm-hmm. but nobody came to look for me. Yeah, and now that I'm here, nobody's putting forth effort to keep me here. Mm-hmm. They're just basically like, "Oh, you're there. Okay, mm-hmm. fine."
0: Curiosity, curiosity said, oh. satisfied. Okay. Yeah. Right.
1: So, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. And I think I rambled and bounced around enough to confuse.
0: No, me. you stayed very coherent. I was I was with you the whole oh. way. That was great.
1: I'm there are, there's so many points Yeah, that I that that's the main part. Yeah. There's so many little points to
0: it. No, yeah, no, I mean every no. story has like all oh, its like digressions that you can just sort of rabbit hole down. But um
1: Yeah. So it it's just a matter of trying to I'm I, I, him and Hawed about what I wanted to do mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. this. Um, how I wanted to portray the story, what would it benefit. And I was hoping it might help someone else to know of course they're not alone. Yeah. Um that there are different scenarios. I like to think of my situation as being unique, mm-hmm. um, but there might be people out there who are going through this, so it's not so unique. And I would gladly offer my support to them as well, yeah. too. So, yeah. So, but if you have any questions or clarifications, or
0: I mean, oh, I know yeah. one thing. I was gonna uh, you hadn't you told me to ask you about, and so I wrote it down. Why does it matter that your mother was the tenth of fourteen children?
1: Oh, this is where it gets better. (laughs) Um, So as I'm dealing with all of this, and of course, I still got my ancestry going Mm -hmm. on, to make a long story short, um, my mother is also MPE. Oh. Finds out her father Mm -hmm. is not her father. Now, this is where it affects me. Right. I have my mother's last name, which is her father's last name. Got it. Um, And that's the only last name I've ever had. Mm -hmm. I've never had Calvin's last name. I've never had my stepdad's last name. Nobody's ever, like my stepdad always talks about, you know, I wanted to adopt you, but I didn't. Mm. Yeah, whatever. Mm -hmm. Don't tell me that unless you really go through with it. Um, But at the same time, I took pride in having my last Mm -hmm. name. This was the last name of my family because I didn't know Calvin until I was eight. Mm -hmm. That was my family. My mother's side of the I didn't know Spencer. That was my last name. When I found out after doing all this family research, I researched and I couldn't find much information, again, African-American, mm-hmm. sharecroppers, mm-hmm. is very hard to find information. Mm-hmm. I started to find some civil war information about ancestors that carry the same last name that are connected to my paternal grandfather. Uh-huh. Um, I never met this man. There's only one picture of mm-hmm. him. Um, and my mother never really talked about him that much.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and which I thought was odd that she, she didn't have that sense of telling me about my lineage. Yeah. It was almost like life started with her and that was mm, it. Um mm-hmm. so I'm drawing a very close connection to a man I've never met before, but he is the patriarch of our family, mm-hmm. or what I know to be family. Mm-hmm. And I realized that my mother, um not to get into in the African-American community there's a classism or colorism, we like mm-hmm. to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever heard of that before? Yeah, l- a little bit. Um, um, my mother is a fair skin, more fair skin than most of her siblings. Mm-hmm. They're dark, darker. Mm-hmm. They all have the same facial features and so forth. Um, but everybody kind of kept it to themselves. Uh-huh. And it wasn't until I realized that my mother's father was not her father through this DNA uh-huh. test that had started to come out that some of my cousins and aunts and uncles were like, you know, we always wondered that
2: my grandmother
1: being that mother was 10 of 14. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: What was the story? Mm -hmm. Why did this happen? Now, again, I don't want to judge my grandmother. And, and part of this journey, which may be going a little bit off topic. I know we're going close to time, so forgive me if I go too long, but part of this story of ancestry is that, we romanticize history.
2: Yeah,
1: we've romanticized history, like oh, my grandparents got on the ship and they came across. Yeah. And they were in Ellis That was hard. Yeah, it wasn't all. It wasn't. It wasn't Leonardo DiCaprio. You know, on a boat. You know, drawing pictures of whoever the character right. was in, in Titanic. Gross. This was hard. This was, this was, and they came and they met opposition. And humans are not nice to each mm-hmm. other. And there's racism, racism. There's a there's a lot of parts of the story that we're not aware of. Right. Um, you start to see the ugly side of being humans by researching your ancestry because you start seeing things that are not very perceived.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so I found a part of my history. Let me go back. The whole part of this whole journey was to tell my story of how I got
2: here Mm -hmm.
1: in order to pass it off to my children. I do do the work for them. I, knowing where you came from, who you came from, what you came from again, which is Mm -hmm. romanticizing, um, knowing the adversity that you went through, whether you are a minority or whether you, you know, you come from adoption or whatever the reason is Mm -hmm. to know that your family life overcame that to become the person that you are today is an uplifting story. I think to know that you're, you're, your grandparents were immigrants from Lithuania and they came here and now you've got this great home, this great family. And that is an an inspiring story. Right. We
0: love that here. We love that here in America, especially.
1: Yeah. Yeah, We love that. We love that. Um, but when you find the dirt, Mm -hmm. it puts it in perspective where you realize that your grandmother, who is a saint Mm -hmm. next to mother Teresa, she wasn't the saint you thought she was. And, and a lot of people want to hide that. They don't want that to, um, to be seen they don't want that to be to be put out there and i think that also led to my mother being a little bit more you know defensive like uh oh what else is she going to find out and my mother was aware that her father wasn't her father too she finally confided that she she she'd heard grumblings about that growing up but then you wonder what happened
0: God, that's interesting while my grandfather
1: was sick with brain cancer my grandmother was having an affair or there's a lot of stories that come in yeah. kink pop up, sure. but I don't want to speculate. Yeah, But that was important telling you that part about her being 10 or 14. So not only am I MPE, so is she. MPE too.
0: Yeah. And it's too bad. I, I think it's really common when this happens, it's too bad that you guys can't connect over that connect over that disconnection. Um, that, yeah. I, that these other, all these other details are muddling are muddling the, um, the basic sort of like existential crisis of identity.
1: It's almost, it's almost it's almost like you can parallel like AA or NA meetings. People who are going through it can help you through it because they've already been through right. it. You know, right. like how do we support each other? How do we help each other? Mm-hmm. And that's why I love this podcast. That's mm-hmm. why I love what you're doing. That's why I love these groups, um, good or bad. I love these groups that we're finding out here on Facebook that are helping other people connect mm-hmm. on different levels. Um, cause as humans, we're not ready cause we are still writing these romantic books about, about history, right. which, you mm-hmm. know, it's not always so pristine and clear.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh. Uh,
1: we
2: are.
0: wow. Great. This is so awesome. I have two, I have two questions for you. One is the yeah. regular question that I ask everybody, which is, um, do you wish your mother had told you and when would that have been an appropriate time?
1: Um. That's the hard yeah, part. Yeah, super the, hard. There's
0: not always. A straight yeah, I, w- I wish
1: she. I wish she had told me. And, and when I say I wish she had told me, I don't want it because it would have saved me some grief. Mm-hmm. Because I had a lot of grief with Calvin. Yeah. As my yeah. father. Um, pain builds character, and I like who I am today. So I don't wish it went a different mm-hmm. way because I like who I am and what I am and what I stand for. Yeah, I understand
2: today. that today.
1: So when was an appropriate time when I asked her, you wow. know, I said, hey, tell me the story of my conception. Right. If she said, if she had said at that point, I'm really not sure who your father
2: mm-hmm.
1: is, I'm more confident it's Calvin. Right. And we'll never know. Because at the time, there was no DNA right. test. Right. There was no public right. DNA right. test. Right, e- easy paternity. Um, yeah. The, the paternity test was up to a certain point. Right. There was more Povich. Right, that. <laughs> and I was not going to go on murder. No, no, no. Yeah. You are not the father. I was not going to deal no, with that. No, no, no. So, so with that being said, there again, there's no regrets. I the only regret I have today is I still believe she's living in that shame, yeah, and she's living in that lie, yeah, and she's not ready to let it go. And and that shame has caused her to remove herself from my life mm-hmm. over something ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But now a lot of things make sense. A lot of things make A lot of things that happened in life that I, that never, those pieces didn't fit, Mm. but they were always fragments in my memory. Now they all fit. They all make sense. So some of that was unnecessary, Mm. but here we are. And in the end, I'm a better person for it. Also, I've met some really great people that I might not have met in the MP world. And um, I'm going to toot my horn a little bit here. Um, I'm going to brag a little bit. Uh, uh, I, I think I can do it. When I originally joined the MP group, a coworker, she was going through the, the situation. She turned me on to this one group we had on Facebook. Uh-huh. And I joined the group. And I was reading everybody's story and realizing I wasn't alone and so forth. But I was at a point where I had discovered, I had dealt with it. I was moving through it. Everything was going in a positive way. So I decided to throw love back out. Mm-hmm. And this is going toward meeting people that I probably would have met before. I've realized that a lot of siblings are pushing us away. Mm-hmm. A lot of half siblings out there are pushing us away. So I reached out and I said to blanket it, put it out there. If anybody's looking for a brother, even if your genetic siblings are not accepting you, you've got a brother here. Yes. Just reach okay. out. And from there, I'm
2: remembering this. I connected okay. to- yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. From there, I have reached I- I'm sure other people have done it. I don't think of myself as any more special than anybody else. But it was me giving out that love because I saw a lot of people hurting. And I was hurting because I got rejected from my siblings. They don't want anything to do with me. Um, That was a beautiful to me. Again, pat myself on the Mm -hmm. back. I felt that was my gesture to give that love out to people who might have needed it at that time. And from there, I've made friends through Facebook that are still my Mm -hmm. friends. And we still talk. We just don't talk about MPE stuff. We don't need to because now we've got a bigger connection than
0: that. Yeah, Yeah. that's awesome.
1: That is a positive that comes from that came from that mm-hmm. that that problem mm-hmm.
0: you know so. yeah, I think that's great.
1: McGguiire that's, that's
0: cool. Uh, yeah, I know people really appreciated that when you did that. Um, and then my last question um is just, mm-hmm. did you because you talked a little bit about the struggle of um of getting records and in general, um, the history of African American, Genealogy is um, mm-hmm. more difficult. Did you? Is there anything that you found that you felt like was a good resource, or was a tip that you would give other people of Af- African American or people of color or minorities, like a way that they um, that they can do it, or just, um, or is it just that everybody has? To, you, well, just <laughs> you just have to keep trying.
1: You just have to keep trying. Sadly, I don't have a tip for mm-hmm. anyone. Um, I just kept trying, yeah. and of course, my search stopped because of this NPE situation so I haven't been looking anymore
0: yeah Um, that's so common
1: but but I but I've kind of gotten to a point now where I kind of see my family Mm -hmm. my my Warren family to a certain point I've already done Spencer's side of the family as well um and I see where I came from and so forth and I put that together and I kind of got to a point where I've for lack of a better word I've burnt out yeah so I can't yeah I've kind of stopped I just don't do it anymore I don't look i don't i've seen too much of the negative that it's made me stop and i don't want to discourage anybody if you want to look if you want to keep searching please keep trying Mm -hmm. new records come up all the time you never know what's going to happen but if it's not there if there's uh there's landowner records Mm -hmm. and you just don't have that as a minority that's just that's just a part of our history but we need to in many different perspectives culturally um as americans we need to understand that this is just another perspective Of our history that we need to be aware of. I think we should speak more on it, and we should be aware. But it doesn't mean that we need to, you know, vilify any group of people because this is what happened. You know, ten, three, four hundred years ago. This is just what it is. But we need to be honest about it, and that goes into a different realm. But, but yeah, we just just being honest about the fact that there aren't a lot of records. It's not Ancestry.com's fault or 23andMe or whatever reason. It's just what it is. But here's another aspect. I'll throw this out here, and this is not to vilify anybody, this is just my experience that might connect with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Being an African American, I know that along my historical line, there have been some Caucasian DNA to mix in. That was already aware before you even got the test. Uh-huh. I have lighter, lighter or lighter complexion than say a lot of my um my, my aunts and uncles mm-hmm. and siblings, one, because I kind of know that my mother is an MPE mm-hmm. and also. Um, um, just the fact of historical. We can go back to Thomas Jefferson right. and Sally Hemings if we want to talk about all that. Right. So, um, which is part of the MPE story, too, mm-hmm. to a certain point. Um, but knowing that the history of our country with slavery, with, with a lot of things that happened, we understand that there were some mixing of the DNA between one class and the other class, slaves and the owners mm-hmm. and so forth. Um, now with that being known, um, I think I've talked myself out of a point. I forgot what I was going <laughs> to say. That is so embarrassing. <laughs> um, there was a point. I'm about to come to that. I to um, history. I knew this was going to happen. I told you to keep me on. No, run. you weren't I doing great.
0: <laughs> you weren't doing great. I was um, following right along. Um,
1: here's the, point. here's the point. So I'm looking through my DNA results mm-hmm. and part of the reason why I wanted to do the DNA test mm-hmm. And this is going to sound outlandish, but it made perfect sense to me that if I did the DNA test, I thought one scenario, and stay with me on this, one scenario is that if I found someone who was Caucasian, that was a fourth or fifth cousin, Uh maybe they know their lineage. Yeah. Because like I said previously, a lot of Caucasian people know their lineage just a little bit easier than say African-Americans here in the country. Yeah. which is not 100% always the truth, just in my scenario, being the South, being Uh North Carolina, being the slave state and so forth, um, that maybe they could trace themselves back to, say, plantations where they might have had a Bible that wrote down all the slaves' names. One of my hard, heartbreaking points of looking for my ancestors is that I can get back to the 1860s Uh and then it just goes cold. And it goes cold for the reason that Slave owners didn't necessarily write down in their census. Right. Is, that, is that correct, Censuses? And <laughs> the census, they didn't write down. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't write down. Say they had ten slaves. They didn't write down their names. They just said boy right, twelve,
0: right, right, right.
1: Girl fourteen. So that girl fourteen could have been sold from one plantation to another, and then girl fourteen on another plantation. But there's no way right, to connect right. that record. Mm-hmm. So 1860s is where it America's stopped. Cold for african-americans right before that you would be lucky so i was hoping that if i did a dna relic dna um test, yeah that maybe there were a ca- caucasian person mm-hmm. who shared dna with mm-hmm. me that knew their lineage and maybe they told me oh well you know fifth grandfather owned a plantation in this area of north carolina which would have been our area and here's a list of the slaves and this is their name. And I could match it with someone that I knew from the 1860s, yeah. which I, I found a name that went back to the
0: 1860s. Yeah. I mean, it's- and
1: this is all based off of census records. But again, that person might not be genetically related to me because a lot of slaves, like they were sold and traded. So say scenario, um, a female got sold, but her baby didn't. Right unfortunate part mm-hmm. of it and someone took that baby in as their own and raised it as their own child because there was no way they were going to see the mother again right. being that the, the slave was sold somewhere else and so the census over years just added that person as a family yep. member but they're not my genetic Yep. Yeah, sure totally you see yeah. what I mean? so i was hoping to connect now here's the point that i'm trying to get to my experience whenever i look at the faces the pictures of people on ancestry.com mm-hmm. And I see one, of course, they, 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 they put them in groups of close family, first cousin, second cousin, you know, mm-hmm. but then when they get past, I think it's fourth cousin, they just go fifth to eighth cousin right, at that right. point.
2: Distant. And it's
1: so, so ambiguous. You, you might share a little DNA that you really, to trace that back, a fifth or eighth cousin, you can't even really trace that back unless everybody had pristine records. Mm-hmm. So I would Start at fourth cousin, third cousin, and second cousin. I would reach out to Caucasian people that were fourth cousins uh-huh. or third cousins. I don't. I don't think I have any second cousins that are Caucasian or visibly or look Caucasian mm-hmm, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and
2: um, when I reach
1: out to them, I didn't reach out to every last one of them, but of of the tens of ones that I reached out yeah. to, I have zero percent response rate.
0: Huh. Now that's interesting.
1: My whole perception on that, controversial or not, take somebody off or not. I think a lot of us, again, we romanticize history. Mm-hmm. I think maybe they may feel threatened may not be the right word or uncomfortable that if I reach out to them and they respond, then they're worried I'm gonna be like, Well, your ancestors did this to mine.
0: Oh yeah. I guess and
1: they say, I'm not gonna get involved mm-hmm. with that. And I can be as sweet as a pop. Hey, hey, found out we're genetic related. I just wondered if you could help me. I'm just doing this. Maybe they go, I don't want to talk to that person because of his race. Maybe I don't want to talk to that person because they're a third cousin away. Maybe I don't want to talk to this person because I'm only doing this to figure out who I am. Like where my people come from, Italy or Germany or whatever. But, and they don't sign up for the rest of Mm -hmm. it. Or maybe they just don't want to be involved in something that could be of a Thomas Jefferson Sally Hemings right, type of right. deal, you know. So that's the heartbreaking part yeah, that's too. Really that hard. As Americans, we we're still not dealing with we're that. We're not talking about it. They and can't have, talk about it. yeah. We're not talking about it. We're not dealing with it. And when I when I mention this to people, they go, Oh, wow, that's bad. So tell me about your dad again. And I'm like, No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Forget that. Let's, let's talk about the other. Right. That's that's an uncomfortable situation for a lot of people, sure. and that is heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. As American. Yeah. So.
0: Interesting. And it's so frustrating that you can't, you can't follow up with those people and say like, Hey, like uh, I'm just doing it. Like you can't survey them and say like, why won't you respond to me? Well, ABC. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm yeah. trying to understand that if this is personal or cultural or. Uh,
1: well, know. this could be like, like if I was on Tinder, Hey, why'd you swipe left? Right. You, they're not going to ask. Right.
0: right, you right,
1: right. You, people can hide behind the internet and that's a heartbreaking part of this whole process as a minority in this country Mm -hmm. now mind you if this was spain where everybody was catholic and everybody was that might not be the issue even though they do have their own personal internal issues that we don't know about. but you would think you know if it was i don't know if it was a well after the holocaust um there were a bunch of projects and i can't remember their names right now but there are a bunch of projects to document and 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 historically write down everything that happened all the Jews that went into and so forth and they've done a really good job of keeping that legacy alive so people can go back to that repository that's not happened here in America even though you could say ancestry.com is that way but it's not happened for African Americans it's not happened for a lot of Asian Americans who have come here Native Americans Mm -hmm. and so forth um that's just one of those things it's just it's uh it's another sad part of the human experience but it is the human experience right
0: Hmm.
1: so anyway i've talked a lot
0: <laughs> thank you for giving me both but, yeah.
1: I, but i do talk a lot that's just
0: me. that's just you hmm. um which is what this is all about right figuring out yeah. who and why we are who we are uh yes awesome thank you so much this is so great
1: and thank you so much i've been looking forward to doing this and you are so awesome for doing this and i appreciate you and i wish you continue to
0: thank you this is i okay. really like this was really a joy um and really fun and really like it's always it's always like a little bit of a relief when like just the basic technology is working and then also when the person uh has a great story and knows how to talk and it makes it easy for it makes well, it easy for me but mostly more importantly it makes it more enjoyable for me like i just get to um kick back and and enjoy a, a, an amazing story so thank you for sharing that And and, and there's vulnerabilities and thank you for sharing the unique parts of your story. And
1: I might care for you because I know you're taking on a lot of this on your shoulders, just listening to it. It takes a it takes a lot out of you. So I, as long as you're taking care of yourself, I hope the best for you. And of course, you know, you can always reach out for an ear. I don't, I don't always. <laughs> to.
0: Cool. Isn't Spencer's voice really lovely. I hope that you enjoyed, um, his velvety voice uh and his interesting story as much as I did and I hope that it gave you more to think about when it comes to this new trend of getting DNA tested and what it means for different people in different parts of our society with different histories um it's not just so easy and fun like they sort of advertise it to be (laughs) for everybody um but anyway here we are Thank you for all your patience, everyone, as we have slogged through this season of COVID-19. I hope that season two is back on track. I have some exciting episodes coming for you. Find me on Instagram at Everything's Relative Podcast to follow along and uh, find out what's happening. Email me, Eve, at Everything's if you want to tell your story or ask me some questions. And in the meantime, stay safe, be healthy, wear your mask. Send me your sourdough bread. See you next time in two weeks. Everything's Relative with Eve Sturgis is produced by Kaylin Egan and Eve Sturgis. Eve Sturgis is a licensed marriage and family therapist in the state of California, but the conversations she has on the podcast are not therapy sessions. Logo design by Ivy McNally and music used with permission by Goodbye the Band.